This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how you doing today? It is Saturday morning and my good friend Stratton Brown and Hub member there in Fresno has a couple of questions about the economy, some stuff going on. And I said, you know what, let's just have a call. Let's see if we can uh, answer your questions and hopefully help some other folks. So how you doing this morning, Stratton? I'm good. Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I, I love talking about this stuff. Um, it's important to get out there. And if we can help some folks, you know, uh, I like to do that. Right. So lately, a bunch of Fresno State football players have started a stock group chat that they added me into. Oh, okay. Right. I don't do stocks, right? I'm full belief of until you've mastered one thing, don't fully jump into another thing to try and make more cash. I don't want to go learn how to do day, day trading and everything else. But then like all these talks about the economy and everything else comes up and I have my own opinions. But like, I'd like to hear what, when do you think the economy will dip in the next two years? Like, I think it'll be in the next two years. Mm. I don't think it'll be any sooner. Okay. But depending on certain factors, right? Like if the freaking $15 minimum wage happens yeah. and something else happens, obviously that is going to disrupt some things. Yeah. So this is a good conversation. I want to make sure we, we get the vocabulary right. Cause the word dip economy, all of that could mean different things to different people. So I know you, I know you're real estate focused. I'm real estate focused. We are in an environment of rising prices, no inventory. It's, it's a tough business today. Right? So when you say economic dip in the next two years, are you generally asking about real estate or the overall economy? Just so I understand. I said, let's, let's break it off in two ways. Like, I just don't think it's going to downturn, at least for us, for us to make more money mm-hmm. for the next two years. I don't see, there's no math in my head that makes sense for it to happen. And then overall economy, I'll let you answer that one. I don't have a solid opinion on that. Yeah. So, so I'm glad we're talking about this because both are important, but they are separate, right? There's, there's kind of a branch. So this is how I see this is actually how I see the next five years. And we'll talk about the economy first, and then we'll go to our business in Fresno. So I think the economy is set up to be very similar to what was called the roaring 20s, the 1920s. Essentially that really? era. Yeah. So I actually think the next three to five years are going to be, the chances are our economy runs hot, not cold. I think what we're seeing now is, I think what we've seen the last years is, is, you know how it works, right? You open up a champagne bottle and you put your thumb on the top. I think we have been keeping the consumer and that's the bubbles in the champagne kind of retreated the last year. We have a trillion three on the sidelines. We have more stimulus coming out, which is going to help the bottom end of the K. Uh, I believe the employment picture gets better from here, not worse. I think we've seen the worst of the retraction. And my belief is consumers are going to go hog wild the next year to three to four or five years on top of, I believe the administration is not done spending money. 
I believe the next thing on tap will be a two to four trillion dollar infrastructure bill. Now, the current stimulus is very immediate, very now. I think the job picture gets better now. That infrastructure bill, there's very few shovel ready projects. So that will be what takes us two, three, four, five years down the path. So I think the overall economy for the next four to five years is going to be impressive. I think GDP is up. I think inflation is up. I think in jobs, the unemployment rate goes down. So I'm pretty bullish on the economy, at least for three to five years. I think the roaring 20s, which was essentially a decade of, of prosperity, I don't think we get a decade of that just because the economy and all the debt cycle. So I think it'll be collapsed in half. I'm nervous about 2024, 2025, but I think overall economy is good the next three to five years. Now let's go back to real wow. estate. Real estate's kind of very, very interesting. There's a lot of competing forces. So first off, we have no supply, right? That's really yep. what makes our job hard is no supply. I believe like earlier, I believe that's going to sort of solve itself. I believe mom and pop investors or mom and pop owners, not investors, mom and pop owners are staying at home going, don't touch my stuff. Don't come here. But now it's been a year, right? They're getting antsy. They're like, shoot, my house is old. It's too small. I want a better part of town. I believe we are going to see a spring and summer selling season like we haven't seen before. So that means inventory is coming. What does that mean for you and I? Well, what we are soon going to see is all inventory is not created equal. The nicest, the cleanest, the prettiest, the, the nice smelling homes are going to sell quick to owner occupants. But what you and I are going to start to find is lot, some houses don't smell good. They got a funky floor plan. Uh, the owners can't fix the roof. It can't pass FHA. So you and I are going to see more inventory coming where investors can play. It's, it's been a nasty year. So I believe that is going to play. I, and I think frustrated landlords are done with kind of- Dealing with the bullshit. Yeah, and the changing rules, right? So I believe more inventory is coming in. And I think more owners, I think more owners are going to really tee up owner carry because you know what? I still need income, but I don't want headaches. So I actually think, I think you're going to be a lot busier sort of really starting like April, May, June. Because I think that's when inventory variability is going to come out. I think okay. you're going to have opportunities. I think you're going to get busier. It's still going to be hard, uh, but you'll be busier. I think you're going to get more opportunities. And then lastly, the thing that I talk about in my book, the thing that scares me the most is the affordability index. Right now in Fresno, it's about 47 or 48. But that is a combination of several things. One of those factors has started to go against us, and that is rising interest rates. This, this, there was a shock, I think it was Wednesday, where the 10-year went from like 1.4 to 1.6 in a split second. I got a note from my mortgage broker who I talk to on Wednesdays every week. And he's like, dude, rates went up a quarter today. I'm like, again? He's like, yeah, they're up 50 basis points in like eight days. That's going to start to impact yes answers. And that's going to push, they're going to have less buyers into rising inventory. So prices are going to start to settle. I don't think they collapse. I don't think they fall. Uh, unless interest rates go from three to 6%, like I've said many times. So I actually think going forward, um, I'm actually pretty bullish on the next three to five years for both the economy and for real estate, because I think supply will start to fix itself. I think frustrated landlords, you know, something we have to do at the hub is we have to start marketing to them, right? Whether that's yeah. 
you know, billboards. I mean, just we have we have to we have to reach them more. I think they're starting to come around, right? And a lot more people are having because, like, we market nationwide mm-hmm. to where I see the difference in California compared to other states. That would make sense, right? The landlords are being beaten here, right? They're being really beaten down, and so like obviously, like the owner carry options coming a lot more available and then people with non-paying tenants are willing to negotiate now because like they know there's just no way out yeah yeah adam, no way out. adam in the office as you know closed the deal after i think he had it he was fighting it for nine months i think he closed it like two weeks ago with a fresh he and i closed it so it, it, it's coming yeah oh yeah um so you think it's going to keep going what would bring it down what That's, factors do you see halting it yeah, so a couple of things. So again, we're talking about the real estate market in Fresno, just to to put it together, or both again. Let's let's do both. I think it's good to have a worldview. Okay, so let's go first to the economy again, right? That's what probably a lot of people are looking at. Um, I think there's a couple of things. First off, if we had a, it's kind of the same answer really. If if interest rates continue to rise. Uh, what did we see on Wednesday? Interest rates jumped from one point four to one point six. The stock market had a hissy fit. Uh, basically, oh, yeah. basically, tech stocks sold off. Tesla, Apple, uh, Amazon, right? The big six. So what we are seeing right now is a rotation. I actually think it's healthy. Um, again, what does what a rotation mean? It means we are leaving the big five tech who have benefited from the shutdown and the lockdown, and we're going to airlines and retailers and restaurants because you know what? God damn it. We're going to get out of the house. We're going to spend again. We're going we're gonna to mingle amongst ourselves. I think that rotation happens. Uh, there's a couple of things that could set that back. One is if one of these horrible variants of this stupid virus proves to be um, significantly more contagious or significantly more deadly, right? If we have to go back on another real national lockdown because of some variant, uh, we're in trouble. Well, I don't think we can handle it again. I don't see that coming. Right. I don't wish that on anything. But again, if we're talking about what could could surprise us, that you know, if this thing got uber nasty and just started taking one out of every four people, that'd be a problem, right? That'd just be a problem. Another thing is if interest rates suddenly went from, you know, a 10-year went from 1.6 to 3.2, so a doubling. It's not the interest rates that's the problem historically, it's the rate of change. Why was Wednesday a problem? Well, we went from 1.4 to 1.6. It doesn't sound like a lot until you realize that's a 12% move. That's not normal right? It's the rate of change that causes all these problems. So if we saw a rate of change uh, in the bond market continue uh, abnormally high, that'd be a problem. If inflation took hold, that would be a big problem, right? We're talking wage inflation. Supply, right? We have supply constraints. Lumber, right? Real estate business. Lumber is over a thousand bucks of, 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 uh, what do they call it? A linear foot, whatever it is. I don't know, some kind of construction cost. It's just more expensive. Two by fours are four X and four by fours are six X and uh, plywood is this and that. So it's very expensive. Chips and automobiles and, and computers, big problems. So if inflation really took hold, that would be a problem. Um, uh, world, Some kind of, if China stood up and uh, China and or Russia or whatever stood up and, and kind of tried to become the number one economy or, or uh, whatever, that would be a problem. I'm just trying to think of all the things that could really cause the roaring what about, 20s to be a so- problem. And I don't even watch the news or anything. Did Joe sure. Biden say he's not going to do the $15 minimum wage? Well, he, well, no. So what happened is, as I understand it, there's something called the budget reconciliation process. 
and there's kind of a judge or a ruler over that. And they said, you can't include it in this process. So uh, it, sh it, it passed the house, but everybody expects it not to be in the Senate bill. So it's not near as I can tell as of, you know, Saturday morning, it's not going to be in the bill um, going forward. Okay. So I'd see that being another bad one. And do you think, and I'll go a little more into politics, do you think they will ever be able to get rid of the 1031 exchange? They talk about it all the time. No. I don't see it being possible. No. I mean, I, I, you know, zero to 100%, it's certainly not zero. Um, it, it's less than 10%. It could happen, but it is so unlikely. Because again, you got to remember, what is, what is the IRS tax code? It's essentially a set of rules that the government puts out that it wants individual enterprises to perform. And as of today, what, what do they want? They want affordable housing. They want big and more affordable housing. So unless that changes, I don't see it going away, right? It, it just, it would, it would drastically lower values in, in bigger properties. It would drastically shrink people who could buy them. And my belief is uh, they don't want that. So I, I mean, it's, it's five, 6% going away. I, I doubt it. So it's, it's not very likely. And so the, I guess this market, everyone says they are bleeding equity, right? Mm -hmm. And that all happened because the interest rates went up. Yeah. And then, so explain to everyone why the stock market has really nothing to do with the actual economy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> like it really doesn't. Like yeah. So, yeah. So a couple of things. So first off the stock market, you know, over the last 20 years, it is supposed to be a forward indicator, right? It's supposed to be a system that takes future performance, discounts it to current value. That's how it's supposed to work. What we have seen in the last year is very similar to my experience in 2000, where in 2000, it was dot-com. It was the internet's going to change the world and all these dot-com and pets.com and Webvan and all these companies were coming out of nowhere and having no revenue, but we worth billions of dollars. Very similar to today. Yep. What we have today is an economy where DraftKings and essentially sports betting was shut down for a long time. And people were getting their dopamine oh, yeah. hits betting on stocks. And uh, we have seen stocks oh, okay. like Game, GameStop and AMC and companies that just these meme stocks that just get become hot bets and people chase them. And they're, they're great on Reddit and storyboards. And then Robinhood has come out and made gamification of stock trading a thing, which I think is horrible, right? I think gamification of investing is horrible. Gamification of learning is awesome. But we are having people put real money up, taking real leverage and doing options and calls and straddles and all of these things that should not be doing it. And they're gonna lose their ass. That's what happened to GameStop, right? It goes from 40 to 450 and all the way back and freaking, you, you know, you got Wall Street on the front end, but they crushed you on the back end. And um, that's what's happening. A lot of people who, a lot of people today are not investing. They're calling themselves investors and they're not. They're just gamblers and their means of gambling and the dopamine hit is stocks. And they feel like winners and they talk about them. And again, Stratton, I'm not criticizing. I'm admitting I did this. I took seven grand. I was an investor for about six months. I took seven grand. I invested. I was doing my research and I made a, I turned it into like 40. Then I got freaking cocky 
and I start, I lost my discipline. And then my 40 turned into 80 and I'm like, shit, this is easy. And then my 80 turned into 197. I was completely gambling. I was, I was doing nothing. I was like, oh, I got it again. And then, oh, by the way, the 197 got to 40 because the market will eventually kick you in the ass. The, the market will eventually right. become something. So people today in the market, uh, they've been betting on the same stocks, which is generally winning, but they cannot call themselves investors. Hey, if you want to go in and run a hot hand, which I call it in blackjack or craps and just keep the rolls going, it happens, right? I saw a guy at a craps table one time roll for 90 minutes. It happens. But eventually, he stays too long, and it all goes away. That's going to happen in stocks. So that's what's going on. Yeah. The whole stock market thing, I, as far as Robin Hood and everything else, for one, I think the free market will just – the free market fixes everything, in my personal opinion. So the people are going to lose their ass anyways. Well said. <laughs> right? yeah, They're going to lose their ass one way or another. Yeah. I mean, it, I, was, I, I think – I have long since said again, after suffering $150,000 loss that the, that the stock market is just a form of gambling, right? The casinos are big because they win, not because they lose. Right. They're big because they win. But I do like the fact that everyone came up and like tried to fight wall street. Right. Oh no, dude, Reddit, Reddit. I and mean, let's be very clear what the Reddit community found in GameStop changed the game. GameStop was, if you believe the articles, had 140% of its stock sold short. That's not normal. That should not be okay. That should, frankly, not be allowed by the SEC, but that's a different problem. And what GameStop said is, all right, freaking people, we are going to take the army of retail investors. It's like a magnifying glass on an ant, right? We are going to focus all of our energy on this one name, and we're going to cause you some pain. So- the retail investor Robinhood Reddit beat Wall Street, kicked him in the nuts, took out two hedge funds. However, they stayed too long. They got cocky, right? The stock runs, 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 runs. This is what happened. And I told people in my daily financial news, this was happening. What happens when Wall Street, and I only can say this because I saw it last time, is once you catch a hedge fund short, short-sighted and you beat them, other hedge funds in New York, these fuckers talk right? They're going, oh, okay. Magnifying glass on an ant. I'm going to come to the other side of the table where all the retail investors is. I'm going to sprinkle my money in, run the price higher, which is going to cause retail investors to be FOMO, fear of missing out. And it's going to go stupid high. So I'm going to make money on the high. Then that Wall Street guy is going to go to the other side and he's going to sell it short. And all these retail investors are not going to know what happened. And the stocks are going to go from 400 to 300 to 200 to 100 to 50. Wall Street made more money on GameStop than retail investors by 10 to 1. Retail investors wow. stayed too long. They got cocky and they didn't sell. You stayed too long. You caught them. Congratulations. You won. You were the magnifying glass, but your ass stayed too long. Not good. So how do, how do they compete with Wall Street? Right, like how do they like keep them in check? Um, well, first off, Wall Street will likely never be allowed to, to abnormally short a stock like that again. I'm, I'm assuming the SEC and FINRA will come around and say, come on, stupid. Right, short selling. Right now, everybody knows 
go find the stocks with the most shorts. So the, sh- the market for sh- shorting stocks has never been this dry. Wall Street's not doing it now. And they're certainly not publishing because they don't want to be the ant. Every hedge fund knows if, if retail goes in on that stock, they're screwed. So they're, they're simply not shorting as much as they used to. There are some short sellers who have said, you know what? We won't do it just because they don't want to be the ant. Retail investor is big uh, enough to smoke any hedge fund if they focus, but they can't beat them all. That's what I think. Wow. Okay. And have you done, this is my last one. Mm-hmm. Do you, have you had any successful evictions in the last yeah, year? Absolutely. I've just started having them. Absolutely. Uh, we have evicted um, three or four folks in the last 60 days. Actually got them out. And was it for just no payment? No, that's actually the one thing you can't evict them for. Right? Yeah, you can't evict them. So for- what do you get them for? Uh, subleasing, nuisance. Um, basically, it's lease violations other than payment. I guess I could get them for that. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's all about lease violations. You, If they have one person living there that's not on the lease, that's a violation. They have a girlfriend, boyfriend moves in, violation. Uh, noise complaints, violation, uh, you know, uh, too many cars. I mean, there's lots of leases, right? Your lease has lots of rules. That's a contract for behavior. And if you build a file of non-compliance, gots to go. I love it. That's all I got, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Very if cool, man. If looking for VAs, go to callmagicians.com. Yeah, one more time. If they're looking for VAs, where do you want them to go? Callmagicians.com. Very cool, man. Drive safe. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Bye.